2: And a good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor, and Charlie Dobbin, who is sitting beside me. Uh, has just decided to change the whole configuration of this studio. She's left the door open between us, our little studio here, mm-hmm. and the studio uh, that occupies uh, the main control area, and David Gaskin, our producer, holding forth there. Mm-hmm. But you've left it open thinking it looks now like kind of a porch. I'm, here, I'm thinking, huh? yeah,
3: rather yeah. than us being all enclosed in this little tiny room, it's kind yeah. of a nice idea to be able to have a have a view out onto <laughs> another space. <laughs> not,
2: you know. not that there isn't glass in the doors. Well, no, you know, no.
3: they call them garden rooms, right? Where <laughs> yeah. you know you, you've got each of the sections. Speaking feng
2: shui, feng shui, whatever, feng shui. either, whatever. <laughs> And yes. you
3: know, happy Chinese New Year to you too. Yeah,
2: and the same to you. Did you
3: have like some a kind of
2: chow? Yeah, some <laughs> something wonton like
3: soup or something. <laughs> I
2: <laughs> might have said something terrible in Chinese <laughs> yeah. there. I better watch it. You better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are, and, and it's the garden show. Mm-hmm. You'd never know it from the way we were going wow, on. Oh,
3: sure, we're talking garden rooms. We're, we're on a roll. Yeah.
2: Here. And, and the lines uh, right at this particular moment, folks, are completely free. So we want to get that fixed up. <laughs> uh, all right. Watch your phone calls, uh, questions, suggestions, comments whatever happy new year in chinese preferably that'd be good 416-360-0740 in the uh, toronto area and then anywhere else in the province it's toll free 1-866-740-4740 yes charlie um the mantra oh yes call early call often one question per call there you go very
3: nice Mm. thank you well and that's why When when the lines are open Fill them up because you know what happens at the end. Yeah. We can never fit everybody in. Uh, okay, one one good announcement, something that's kind of fun for this coming Thursday, February the second. It's uh, happening at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and it's a visiting it's a visit to the Gardens of Versailles. So be transported as renowned art historian David Wistow captivates you with gorgeous images of this magnificent garden, tracing its cultural importance, stages of growth and development, and historical highlights, including the tumultuous 17th century influence of Louis XIV., and Marie Antoinette.
2: Now, does he do impressions and mime sort of stuff, or <laughs> no. does he photographs?
3: Yeah, I believe the photographs. Ah, okay. <laughs> but you could go do the background <laughs> okay. mime. That'd be fine. Shadow,
2: shadow stuff on the wall. <laughs> That's yeah. right.
3: It's uh, part of the A- Edwards Lecture Series, and they are held in the TBG's Floral Hall. They begin at seven thirty p.m., but doors open at six thirty. Mm-hmm. Admission to the public is twenty dollars for students. Uh, no, the other way around. To the public is $20. Students, $15. TBG members are free, which well, is one of the Which
2: is another good reason to join. Best right? reasons
3: to join the TBG, exactly. Uh, door sales only, so there's no, no tickets in advance. Uh, remember, if you want to know what's going on in your community, in your horticultural society, go to www.gardenontario.org. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Just it's all alphabetical there. There's, you know, hundreds of horticultural societies yeah, yeah. in Ontario. Click on some, you know, a place near you and find your nearest group.
2: Okay. And you're going to be a happy camper, I think, a little bit later on today. Really? When, well, though it's going to be a windy day, so, you know, staple your hat on. <laughs> but uh, snow might be arriving in, you know i don't think too much two to four centimeters like
3: you know and i don't think they know what they're talking about
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, well all this winter boy what i winter? got
3: up uh, you know well before the crack of dawn today thinking yeah. you know bad driving big snowfall Bone dry Nothing. at my house, yeah. and of course, as I'm getting in my car, it was starting to snow up where I am, up Richmond Hillway. Yeah. But as I drive downtown and south towards the lake, it's raining here.
2: Yeah. Now, yeah. but anyway, weird. It's been a weird, weird winter. It
3: sure has. Um, also, just one quick thing while I'm thinking about it. Uh, big hello to my mother because I know she's Dolly. probably listening. Yes. Hi, Dolly. Morning, Dolly. Yeah. Uh, My mom called me yesterday, and she was like, kind of bitching at me, to tell you the truth. Oh, no. Because the amaryllis that I (laughs) potted up, and yeah, potted up being the operative term there, and gave to my father for Christmas has not done anything. It hasn't budged. It's sitting there. It's this bulb, you know, sitting in a pot full of soil doing nothing.
2: Oh, well, <clears throat> So she shame figures it's a you.
3: bum bulb <laughs> and uh, <laughs> wanted me to do something about it. And uh, so I said, oh, don't worry about it, I'll figure out an answer. Well, you know what, honestly, Mom, I don't actually have a good answer. Um, maybe one of our listeners might have a suggestion. What I could find out is a couple of things happen. If a bulb like an amaryllis stays dormant extensively like that, a couple of things is do not keep watering it because it will rot. I did one thorough watering when I planted it, which is what you do, put it in the sun and the warmth, it should start to grow. If it doesn't start to grow, tiny bits of water at the most... But it may actually have lost its ability to flower. It may have been subjected to something that some cold or something that has just caused the flower or the bulb itself to actually die. However, I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to make a house call. That's I'll, the bottom line, and all right. I'll check it out and see what's okay. going on with that Amaryllis ball.
2: David Gaskin and I are starting a, a, a drive here to get Dolly on the show. Yeah, <laughs> dialing Dolly. Yeah, I, Dolly wouldn't that be fun? Phone. Bring her into
3: work. One oh, day that here. would be fun. She'd probably yeah. have a have a gas. Well, that'd be wonderful. She wouldn't let us get a word in edgewise, you know.
2: Well, that less work <laughs> for us. Come on, gee whiz. Your thinking cap on <laughs> good woman. Boy. We're good boy. we good boy. Okay. We're going to be back to take our calls. And I see we've got a jammed uh, line uh, for uh, for callers already waiting to talk to you, Charlie. So let's take a little break here at 9-12 uh, on this rather kind of iffy. Gray. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, gray. Yeah. Saturday. We'll cheer you up, though. Mm-hmm. We will.
1: You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And Frank Proctor here along for the ride, and a lot of fun here, I'm sure we'll have today. Linda in Port Perry, all set to have a chat with you. Charlie, good morning, Linda.
4: Good morning. Morning. It's a lovely day out there for gardeners, isn't it? <laughs> it's <laughs>
3: gorgeous.
2: must be snowing at your place. Wait I, I see you've got <laughs> <We> your tongue. <laughs> have ice
4: on every tree on the island. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. you had the freezing rain thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have a question about a plant I see in the Brex catalog. Uh-huh. It's called Hopwood's Sincafoil.
3: Mm. Okay. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, no, actually not. I th- the is the proper name for a plant that's commonly known as potentilla. Okay. Uh, now, there's a million and one varieties and, and cultivars out there. Tell me about Hopwood's.
4: Okay. What does it say? Well, now? it says it's an heirloom English hybrid va- variety, mm-hmm. and I just wondered because um, I had a potentilla once that had yellow flowers on it, mm-hmm. and it only bloomed a little while in the spring,
1: right. and
4: then if I cut it back, it bloomed again in the fall. I just wondered if this one's going to be that way.
3: So Good. well, most of the potentilla will will bloom sporadically all summer. If they're in the right conditions, all of them require lots of sun, so minimum six hours of sunlight every day. Okay, and a well-drained soil. They don't want to be in a low spot in your garden or a place where it's, you know, sort of constantly uh, moist. And um, and and there's many colors. There's yellow, red, pink, orange, you know, just sort of all kinds of different colors. Shrub forms, and also there are ground cover forms. Oh, and so are they it's, right low to the ground. There, well, there are some that are really low to the ground, uh, right down what we consider, yeah, rock garden plants or ground cover plants. There's one called Miss Wilmot, blooms June to August with scarlet blooms, but, oh. you know, 30 centimeters tall at the highest. So that's, you know, like 10 inches, 12 inches. Okay. Um, so, but uh, so I'm just wondering. So, hopwoods. I'm here. I've just managed to uh, very quickly plug that into my my <laughs> computer in front of me to see what what's special about hopwoods. Pink flowers. It looks like. Yes. Uh, clump forming. It's a perennial. It just says so. This sounds like a ground cover when they refer to it as a uh, two to five years to maturity. Point four five meters maximum height, so it's a really low-growing, oh, okay. spreading plant. Um, some of the the foils or potentillas are even what we call semi-evergreen, so they'll hold some of their leaves. Yeah, and they're a nice. It's a kind of a dusty green leaf, almost a ferny shape to the leaf. From a textural perspective, potentilla can be great in a drought. For drought-tolerance gardens, they can be great. You know, hot, sunny locations where you just want to plant and not worry too much about the plants, potentilla can be great. Okay. So if you've got that kind of condition, definitely, I'd highly recommend the plant.
4: Okay, and would you buy it from a nursery or would you buy it from the
3: catalog? My issue with mail-order catalogs is that Sometimes the prices are incredibly inexpensive, and the reason why is because they're going to send you a plant that's about an inch tall. Yeah. So if you've got the years to wait for that plant to actually be a plant and really fill a space in your garden— Go for it. The prices are often one of the best ways to shop is by mail order. Oh, okay. If it's a reputable company, it will be delivered in a, in a still in good health, properly packaged, and, you know, expedited shipping so that it doesn't, you know, die in the post office kind of situation because it's it's perishable goods that they're mailing to you. Right. It's more of a size thing. Typically, like I say, mail order is inexpensive, but the plants are very small.
4: Okay. Thank you very okay. much. And yeah. if you want to go skating, come to Port
3: Perry. Uh, right. Well, all right. right down the road by the sound. <laughs> <of it>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Linda. Bye for now. Okay, Thanks, Linda. take care. You are listening to The Garden Show here at AM 740. I'm Frank Proctor, Charlie Dobbin on the scene here to have a word with Kyla from Toronto. Good morning, Kyla.
5: Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Morning.
2: How's your um, cat midnight?
5: Oh, he's very trying, and he's very spoiled.
2: Oh, yes. well, yeah. You, you take him walking just about every night, don't you?
5: <laughs> every, every night. All night <laughs> in the summer.
0: Oh, oh my oh, gosh. gosh. <laughs> Anyhow,
5: I'm um, I was wondering, Charlie, about praying mantises. Mm-hmm. You told me like over a year ago that, that would be yeah, I could put the larva in my house pass. It'd be something to occupy my cat.
3: Mm-hmm. The praying mantis. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do that?
5: No, I've never done. <laughs> I found out that Bill's Garden Center on paper um, and danceport. they sell the, mm-hmm. the the praying mantis larvae for I think it's 20 bucks for a,
3: egg cases.
5: Um, quite a while. Quite a lot, and they start selling it in June.
3: Mm-hmm. So, so the question is, do you want to do this?
5: Well, like, like is it okay to like? I mean, if these critters are going to be walking around and flying around, mm-hmm. like, what what if what happens? Are they okay in the kitchen?
3: Oh, yeah. They wouldn't ever hurt you. I mean, praying mantids are pretty cool insects. Yeah. I would just sort of hate to see the cat. I mean, it's it's almost you
2: would what I
3: would hate to see the cat hurting them just because playing
2: with them. Yeah. Ooh.
3: Well, they would
2: kill them. I mean, that's why they pray. That's right. Yeah. But, Don't let the cat get
3: me. But praying mantids are, are almost chameleon-like in the sense that they their coloration blends right. in with the foliage. Mm-hmm. So the cat might not even see them anyway. But they can grow, some of them can grow quite large, you know, a couple That's inches tall. Well, a couple of inches tall. Oh, okay. You know, big legs, front legs and back legs, and then a long body. And then they have a neat neck where they can turn their heads. You know how yeah, most insects, yeah. their their heads are attached to their... Um, you know, the thorax is all connected to the together with the head, whereas with praying mantis they actually have a can swivel their heads, so it makes them kind of interesting and neat. I I, I think they're kind of cool. They 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 do eat insects, so they're very handy if you have any bug problems. Ultimately, they'll starve to Wait, death. And, if, and it's okay for my cat to oh, eat? Oh, yeah, it wouldn't hurt your cat at all. <laughs> because
5: I mean, he, he, he would eat, well, he would ring
3: their neck, eh? Like, <laughs> King's neck. I guess he would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like my cat who's been hovering by the bird feeder the last few, uh, few days. <laughs> Um, well, see, I
5: have a canary, and I need something to take his mind off the canary. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that's. It's, you ever almost, try, it's almost cruel, though, isn't it? Did you ever you try know? one of those
3: uh, laser pointer gizmos? Oh, yeah. Does Midnight... <laughs> no, they're they no fun. They're they no fun. Yeah. If he
5: looks at my hand because he knows I'm holding oh, him,
2: and right, yeah. it Oh, right, yeah. He's too smart. Know. Midnight's too smart. He just looks
5: yeah. at my hand.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a bit of a tough one. I know. I our cat, um, yes, lots of balls of paper all over my house, <laughs> as the cat chases anything that potentially might move. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a you, it's a consideration if you want to consider bringing the insects in. The one thing that concerns me is they the praying mantids won't have anything to eat and they won't survive because remember they you? need insects to survive. If yeah. the
5: praying mantis doesn't have anything to eat, they won't survive.
3: Correct. So. You might have to bring in um, some aphids, too.
2: <laughs> Gee, it sounds like a never-ending process here. I mean, yeah. you're, you you're going to be the, Yeah, vicious hey, circle.
5: Yeah. Charlie? Yes. Um, what's the best way of keeping the gardener in suspense? Do you know?
3: Oh. Uh, but no, but I bet you Frank will I'm figure no. out some good answer for this one. <laughs> yeah, keep I'll keep call, him I'll in bed. I'll call you then. again next week and let you know. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we'll see if we can figure it out in the meantime. What's the best way Thanks, to eat, Kyla. Thanks,
2: suspense? <laughs> well, <laughs>
5: no. Um, the, the praying mantis is kind of like an iffy thing. Yeah, like it's like... Yeah, I... I 20 bucks, uh, is it a good deal for 20 bucks, like? <sighs>
3: It is, but it's not going to be a uh, long-term entertainment—I don't believe there'll be long-term entertainment value for your cat. I think that the praying mantids will not actually survive for very long due to lack of anything to eat for themselves.
2: Okay, right.
3: so twenty bucks is a lot of money.
2: Okay, let us know how it works out, though, Kyla. Okay, and uh, best way to keep a gardener in suspense. in suspense. Okay, we'll work on that. <laughs> okay, thanks, Kyla. Talk to you next week, nine twenty-two here, as I start to do my exercises. I can All right, see that up, down, up, down. There's one <laughs> eyelid. Up, down, up, Yeah, down. you yes.
3: have a way with that body movement. Don't I you?
2: know, <laughs> I know. Well, you know,
3: but that's that because I've... you stayed nice and pain free joints are supple and you can just do whatever you need to do when you need to keep get moving there's no pain as part of it and I do the exact same thing because we use Sierra it's a mineral supplement comes from the Sierra mountains it does and it's it's actually designed for people like you and me people that are seeking improved comfort in our daily routines through increased flexibility and mobility uh, it doesn't work for everybody, but if it's going to work for you, it's going to work within 14 days, which is where the phone number comes from, 1-877-JOINT-14, or the website, sierrasill.ca, or your local health food store, uh, Foods for Life. Uh, in Bluer West Village carries Sierra Sil, as does
1: Ambrosia Natural Foods on Young Street. And there you go. Hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues.
2: It's uh, 926 on this Saturday morning. It's the 28th day of January, and I'm just amazed that... that Where did the time go? I know, I know. Uh, We have Pauline on the line right now. Good morning, Pauline.
6: Hi, good morning. Morning. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes, Yes, indeed. Okay. I have some... um, Oh, gosh... Uh, geraniums. Yes. And I, I listened to, this is my first time caller, and I listened, I heard you mentioned a couple of times to put them in a pot uh, and not watering them.
3: Well, it depends. There's different ways to overwinter geraniums. Is that what it is? These are geraniums you brought in in the fall?
6: In the fall, yes. I which... actually brought them in the, in December, but yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and they were still in reasonably good shape? Or they're how did...
6: doing very well. They're blooming and they're getting big, and that's, what, that's my concern. <laughs> and the next thing is, I do travel. I tend to go away mm-hmm. and come back about the end of April, beginning of May,
3: mm-hmm.
6: but um, uh, circumstances um, alter cases. So I won't be going until February. So I just wondered. Um,
3: so you'll be gone for like two months? Two months, yes, at least. Hmm. All right, so just to, to answer the sort of go back to. Ways to look after geraniums mm-hmm. one of the I find easiest ways is what it sounds like you're doing, which is keep the plant in a sunny window, try, treat it as a house plant, water as necessary, and it grows it blooms it 's a happy plant, assuming mm-hmm. you 've got a nice sunny spot for mm-hmm. it, and it 's a good, healthy plant that came indoors mm-hmm. so all of that is is quite simple and straightforward. The tricked question here is the what do you do over a two month period? Mm-hmm. And that is a bit of a trick, trick because it, it will not survive two whole months sitting in that window without any care at all.
6: Okay, uh, I would, I could have somebody come in and mm-hmm. water it. But um, Charlie, since I brought them in, I have not watered them. Oh, really? At all? And since the, you, you did say, make sure you you soak them well. Mm-hmm. Before you bring them in. Right. So and you... that's what I did. Good. And um, I have not watered them at all. Excellent. And they're blooming, leaves are green. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, some are dry around the
3: I yeah, the lower them. some yeah. of the lower sort of internal leaves. And I did leaves.
6: cut them. You said a third or two thirds. I don't Back. remember.
3: Oh, did you have a good idea when you brought it in? Yes, yeah, I did all of that. Good idea. Mm-hmm. So and see that so geraniums are what's considered a quite a drought tolerant annual flower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do see them, you know, in Greece and in clay pots and mm-hmm. hot sunny locations all the time because they handle extreme conditions like hot sun. Right. So what you're doing is great. The plant is obviously very very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the thing to do. So if, if there's no need to do any major pruning or modifications to the plant at this point, the main thing is to maintain some liquid on it over that two-month period. Maybe get a, a neighbor or friend to come in every two weeks. Like even now, I'm sure the plant is very, very dry. So it Yes, it, it's dry, but they look so good. <laughs> well, you'll know. The leaves will get limp. But The leaves okay. will start, they'll lose some of their... Um, vibrancy in the color, they'll okay. get a little bit paler in color, yes. and the leaves will actually start to droop a bit. Mm-hmm. And that will tell you it's time to definitely water. And how much water would they? Water thoroughly, So, mm-hmm. and I assume you put them in a pot that has yes, drainage holes. Yes. So depending on the size of the pot, it could be you know four to six cups of water, okay. enough that mm-hmm. the water will run out through the drainage holes mm-hmm. and thoroughly saturate the pot. So if okay. it's really dry, of course, the water will run through right away. Right. So you have to give it a, a half an hour or so for the water to be absorbed mm-hmm. back up. into the soil and then you know even if somebody waters every two weeks Mm -hmm. while you're away because the days are going to be getting longer when you go away Mm -hmm. so it's going to be hotter in that window you know longer days Mm -hmm. so the water requirements are going to go up plus Mm -hmm. the plant is going to start to grow a little more actively as the days get longer so again moisture needs are gonna go up so (laughs) though it's been a good three or four weeks since you watered this time I would expect to be watering about every two weeks during that period of March and April. It's
6: actually almost two months. That yeah. That wow. yeah. Uh, the the flowers, the blooms, shall I just leave those or do I leave Sure.
3: Them? I'd okay. leave them alone. I mean the the rule of thumb is that when we're transplanting, mm-hmm. uh we are supposed to remove flowers because I which I did. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. that's a good idea because that the plant can then put its energy into root growth mm-hmm. and getting established in the new location, but now when it's flowering, it's great. Enjoy it. Great. Brightens up not your day.
6: They're by the window there. They're like I have a um, a raised bungalow, so they're down the Oh good there's yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have a window there so I've, and it's cool, and I've got probably. a sink so I've got them like on tables and, oh, perfect. and things so the light is coming in
3: yep and it's cool down there probably cool yeah I
6: remember you saying that it's that's cool. great
3: because that also again slows down the water requirements keeping okay. it in the cool and of course the geranium sounds like it's very happy okay, and if,
6: so, if you're on so well water it now and then maybe when I'm leaving again exactly. Okay, and then while I'm away, they could come in and water it maybe a couple of
3: times. Exactly, like every two to three weeks.
2: Either okay. that, or if you've got a, a good relationship with your doctor or a nurse in your area, borrow an IV drip, and oh, uh, that that could work. <laughs> you <I think>. always <laughs>
3: so <Right>. funny. <laughs> yes, he is, isn't he? He's just the gardening I curd. <laughs> just, just you know the Christmas plants. The poinsettias. Point. That's it. Yeah. Why can't I ever keep?
6: them i tried every which way and i am um, it's drying up now
3: well i'm gonna hook you up with one of our somebody who sent me an email and i'll read to you what this person does okay. and uh she's having great success with her poinsettia okay so keep listening keep
2: listening thanks a lot pauline <laughs> and good luck with the geraniums Nine thirty two here on a saturday morning and it's uh ken from scarborough who is on the line uh, orchids is that what the uh, subject matter is ken Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. By the way, your signal is not coming in
7: very strong. Really? No, I can hardly hear you.
3: Oh, it's that horrible weather. Maybe...
7: Well, no, it's not that. Uh, I find that the station, even listening to any other program, it is not as loud as it used to be. Wow, isn't that weird? Yeah, I have to turn mine up to about 45 on my... And I have a boss.
2: System. Wow.
3: Hmm.
7: Anyway, my question, I have a Phalaenopsis orchid, mm-hmm. Charlie. Yes. And it has sent out its flower stalk, Mm -hmm. and there are three blooms, or not blooms, blossoms ready to open up. Mm -hmm. Should I or could I fertilize or should I?
3: You could, when it comes to an orchid, with a weak solution, uh, like don't follow the instructions on the orchid food, add more water than what is recommended. And you could fertilize. Some people actually fertilize in their little mister, they they spritz fertilized water onto their orchids. Uh, some people just pour a little bit over the uh, the, the wood chips that the orchid is, is growing in uh, every second watering. Okay. Just as an ongoing thing because the plant orchids don't really have a dormant period. So no the, they don't. The idea of keep, keeping the nutrient level up is a good idea. That way you'll encourage bigger blooms yeah. and more blooms.
7: That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. I never have a problem but I just thought maybe Maybe it might be a good idea.
3: Yeah, for sure, and of course, the the days are getting longer. Yep. So plants are responding to that. the The trick is you don't want to overwater because no, you'll, no, you'll no. end up with, um, or sorry, over fertilize because you'll end up with salt buildup. And oh. so the main thing is, is if you're going to fertilize constantly, use half strength fertilizer. Yes,
7: I do that all the time, Charlie. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you. Sounds Thanks like for bye-bye.
2: joining the show, Ken. Uh, appreciate your ears here on a Saturday morning, nine thirty-four. The time. And just to repeat on the phone numbers, because we do have a couple of lines open right now, 416 and the uh, long-distance line, toll-free all over Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Did you want to uh, deal with that, uh Question. I'm just looking
3: for it. You know what? Oh, I, okay. I don't think I printed it off.
2: Oh, good. Heavenly days. All right. You know what? I think well, I
3: answered that person's email. It was cute. She sent me photographs. Oh, yeah? It was um, It's actually uh, a woman whose mom has a poinsettia. It's had it for a number mm-hmm. of years. And she was sending pictures of what it looks like all these years later. And, of course, it had all kinds of flowers on it. Or, you know what flowers yeah. are on a poinsettia? It's colored leaves or bracts. Right. And uh, there it was, looking a you know, nice big plant with lots of good color on it. And I was recommending that they use a little fertilizer just to get better color and of course what this person was doing was treating this plant as a house plant Uh, and of course the question Pauline had is you know how do I keep my poinsettia looking good they do not like the cool so where the geranium is thriving in that cooler Mm -hmm. sunny basement poinsettias wouldn't like that they are naturally uh, from Mexico and they love m- much warmer temperatures. An exotic. Plant. High humidity. And again, that bright spot. It doesn't have to be right in a window, but certainly a poinsettia, similar to an African violet, is going to be very, very happy if it's bright and, and warm. You know, regular room temperature, not, not less than 70.
2: Gotcha. Right. Thanks. I see we have a caller uh, from across the border there in Rochester. Shirley, welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Good morning. Good
8: morning. Um Charlie, uh, I have a, a, a question about an avocado pit. Mm-hmm. I uh I planted I put it in water the way I'm supposed to.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: And um I got a lot of roots. Mm-hmm. And then uh and now it's it's shot up in, in tree form. Mm-hmm. And it's a real thin little uh, uh, tree about <laughs> 6 6 inches. Yeah. And I've got five leaves on it. Sounds now, good. I, I got nervous and thought I better put it into dirt, so I did. Mm-hmm. But um, nothing's happening now, and I'm not sure how often I should water it or what I should do with it now.
3: When did you put it in the soil? Uh,
8: about a week, a week and a half ago. Okay.
3: <laughs> that's cute. You got nervous. You thought it just looked kind of silly still hanging in the, the glass of water.
8: Yeah, yeah. I was kind of, I thought maybe it needed some dirt.
3: <laughs> now, tell me you used potting soil when you pot, put it in the pot.
8: Uh, Yeah, I did. I used that um, that stuff that's supposed to be mixed with the uh, rapid grow.
3: Okay, good. All right. So... Um, yeah, putting it in a pot was fine, watering thoroughly when you planted it is important. Oh I didn't. Okay, so and of course it should also be a moist soil when you do your planting, because remember a lot of the soils are packed dry just to make transportation easier I think. So you moisten the soil Plant the plant into the soil, water thoroughly, just to get, because there's air pockets when you first plant. You want to fill those air pockets with moisture. So do that now. Get that plant into the sunniest possible spot in your house that you have, whether it's a patio window, you know, door or, you know, living room or kitchen window, whatever. Get it right into the brightest spot you have.
8: I have it in the... I'm sorry, but I have it in the same location uh-huh. that I had it in when it was in the water.
3: Okay, and was it in a in a window or near a bright yeah, spot? No, in a window. Okay, good. So, um, and the the thing you're going to notice is it it's going to take a little while because the roots that the plant had in the water need to actually change and grow and be modified to be able to deal with absorbing water from the soil that the plant is now in. So right now, the whole thing is at a bit of a standstill, and that's why you haven't seen a lot of difference. But don't worry. The main thing is get some water into that pot. Once you've watered it, you know, good thorough watering, let it be, it might be a week or 10 days, until the soil starts to really dry down. Now, you don't want it bone dry, but you want it to not be soggy before you water again. Oh, okay. and remember, you will have to turn that plant in the window uh-huh. 180 degrees. keep yeah, it uh, growing straight. Yeah, every couple of day, every yeah, couple of days or once a week, whatever. Yeah, just to keep it growing straight because they will tend to get very one-sided.
2: Yeah, I see that. Okay. Doing that now. Gee, I can just envisage a great <laughs> promotion here for the station. If if we, you know, uh, get a busload of folks to go down to Shirley's place and enjoy those avocados. Uh-huh. And avocado and uh, crab meat. Oh, that right. is, oh, yeah, yeah. that's delicious. No, right. uh-huh. Gee, get, you better get growing there because I'm going to start hiring a bus and, and uh, filling it very quickly. <laughs>
3: Putting frilly. this together, yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shirley. I uh, okay. <laughs> hope you have a great day.
3: Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Shirley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Frank, you're Nine. such a
3: social convener, Well, I tell you. yes. It's,
2: uh, it's party time, always.
3: Always. No question yeah. about that. Uh, okay, so I didn't find the uh, email specifically on the poinsettia, but here is a good one. You remember two weeks ago, we had a question from one of our callers about apple trees. Mm-hmm. So, a gentleman. He had apple trees that weren't blossoming in the spring, and he wasn't getting fruit, and he was frustrated. And his neighbors
2: were. Yeah, his neighbors were, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. And, of course, we discovered that also they weren't dwarf trees, so they might not have actually reached sexual maturity Mm -hmm. yet so they might have to be another year or two but
2: teenagers i tell you it's
3: probably a good thing keep them (laughs) pubescent as long as possible uh so this was from one of our listeners uh barbara gilmore from hamilton she says i don't know if this will help but here's a solution to put life back into an old tree that doesn't want to work anymore Mm -hmm. uh now this and then she says it could possibly help a young tree as well not so sure about that she says in the spring When younger trees have just put out their blossoms, which, of course, part of the problem of our color was there were no blossoms, take a sharp knife, carefully strip a ring of bark about a quarter of an inch wide from around the trunk of your old apple tree. Before you know it, it will be churning out blossoms with delicious fruit soon to follow. So you're looking really puzzled. Yeah, I am. You know, that's a, that's, I'm... That's a bigger story than, than what Barbara just tells there, but there is no question that is one of the techniques that are used to rejuvenate, to rejuvenate a plant oh. when it's old and it sort of hunkers down and stops putting out a lot of flowers and, and fruit uh, is you do uh, cause a certain amount of stress by doing some bark removal. The other thing was the old broomstick. Wrap a broomstick with a newspaper, or even just roll up a newspaper, yeah. and use that to beat on the the stem or trunk of your trees, even young trees, uh, to which again will often cause him to start flowering it's a it's a stress thing
2: and, and and it's a good way to gain a reputation in the uh, neighborhood say, to, uh, that nut down the street uh, beating his tree again you know? tr-
3: yeah try to do it when nobody's watching <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: i would i would think that'd be a good idea now we're going to be coming back and uh, having a chat with Jean in kitchener in just a couple of moments here on the garden show from am 740 with charlie dobbin
1: friends say she's down to earth and that's usually where you'll find her Welcome back to the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And a good morning from the sous chef, the garden Frank Proctor. As we, the, uh, under-gardener, uh, as the undergardener, I think. Like the undergardener, that's me. You. Well, hey, I'm short <laughs> enough to be called undergardener. I, I walk under most things. I still get on buses at Kids' Fair, which is <laughs> That's neat. cool. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, be nice to go into movies at Kids' Fair. <laughs> Boy, I think of a price.
2: Yeah, the money exactly. Gene uh, in Kitchener, good morning. Good morning.
3: Excuse me. Good morning. Morning. Your your program is
9: very informative and a lot of fun to listen to. It's oh, my Saturday morning entertainment. That's, <laughs> that's
3: great. Thanks. Entertainment. I like that. We're entertainers. <laughs> uh, I have
9: uh, begonia. Um, I'm not sure which one of them. Uh, the, le- um, the, the, the stem that the leaves grow from, the, gr- the leaves grow quite closely together. And uh, it was given to me. The parent um, a number of years ago by uh, somebody with in orgs when I was attending that that group, but um, the stem curls around like you'd think you got a uh, un, unwelcome snake or something. Yeah, uh, and uh, I repotted it because of the way the stem grows, and the the plant that was given to me was planted in the corner of the pot uh-huh. to uh i suspect to uh, su- support that long leaf uh-huh. on the on the end of the stem mm-hmm. and uh i tried uh water propagation
3: mm-hmm.
9: and 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 was successful okay. except how do i handle uh supporting those little tiny leaves around the root start uh and, and keep it in the ground and not damage it.
3: So you took cuttings? Yes. And, uh, went, and the cuttings were short little cuttings? And so no, no. Oh. Well,
9: they were the, I used the full stem. I didn't oh, okay. know yeah. whether the stem had to be close to the branch mm-hmm. or uh, whether I could lop it off. The stems, some of them are about six, seven inches long mm-hmm. with this relatively large leaf on the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then I put it in the water, the... The bottom end gets roots, Mm -hmm. and ultimately you'll see tiny, wee, pale green leaves, but they're right at the end of the root, Mm -hmm. or at the end of the stem, right right
3: with the root. Well, they look like little tiny leaves, but they may not actually grow out to be leaves. Um, Begonias have a very clear, what are called nodes, where the little, like, Yes, I've seen those. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a literally like a line on the stem, and it, it bumps. It's not a smooth stem. Oh,
9: oh the red
3: uh, hairy things. <laughs> uh, No, The um, if it was... <laughs> Sorry, the look on Frank's face when <laughs> you <should>. said that.
2: <laughs> the red hairy things. How did we get from uh, begonia to the red herring Green things? Green bumps
3: hairy. to red yeah. hairy things. This is a plant <laughs> everybody wants. <laughs> um, all right, so it's not yeah. a smooth stem. The stem actually, almost like a bamboo, it has uh, very clear bumps along the stem and at each of those bumps is called a node and at each of those nodes is where either roots can come from or leaves can come from. So you're seeing little tiny green, what looks like tiny green leaves at at the nodes, but it's unlikely actually that, that leaves will come from there, they'll tend to more grow from the tip. So when uh, you're when you're propagating, what I would do is ensure that you've got at least two or three of these nodes underwater. You'll get roots from two or three different spots along the stem. Then when you plant, more stem will go into the ground and the plant will be far more stable in the pot.
9: Well what I find is that these nodes are whatever, there's mm-hmm. a slight swelling where yes. the stem has been separated from the plant. Mm-hmm. I put them into water, yeah. but I keep the water shallow so right. that it, the stem doesn't deteriorate. Right. And, that and way, then so when I see the little green things, I plant them, and that is what seems to me to be coming up as leaves.
3: Okay. Well, so, and when you're planting them, of course, you're, tending, you're planting and just putting the roots below the, the surface of the soil.
9: Well, I do it very carefully yeah. because I don't want to damage the root. Right. So, but I, I, they have to have soil.
3: Sure. So you do have to get that, that root and a little bit of stem below soil. So it might only be a half an inch of stem or an, even a full inch, but it still has to get down under the soil. I would just use something very simple like some chopsticks or some pencils, in, like one, two, three in the soil around the newly planted plants. Okay. And a little bit of string or dental floss around the chopsticks or the pencils just okay. to provide that Tiny bit of a sort of a miniature cage to hold the plant stable. Until they really root themselves, exactly. Yeah. And within a month or two months, the plant will be stable enough that you can take that all away. Okay. Okay. Good Thank luck
2: you. with that. Yeah. Let, that us, let like us know fun. how it makes out. Okay. Give us a <laughs> call back.
9: Well, I have two that I have started that I have jerry rigged uh, to uh, hold that leaf up. Right. And they are they are growing leaves. What the other problem there is that one of the plants I have. Relatively, I've used a, a four-inch plastic pot mm-hmm. and filled it almost to the top with soil. Right. And the other one is a taller pot, and the uh, soil is a little deeper down, and I think I'm going to have to uh, repot it. Right, I but think But so. my concern is that the parent is dead because I repotted it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, this isn't the best time of year for repotting, but we're getting close to it. Another another couple of weeks to a month again just the longer days plants are much happier with being uh, fiddled with whether it's being cut back or repotted or any of those details plants handle far better in the spring than they do in the deep dark days of winter okay
2: all righty gene thank you thank you very much uh nine forty nine. you know uh, our next commercial break is coming up right now i think so gene uh pardon me uh let me no, see you're where right. are we uh, Jean in Kitchener. Where that was? That Jean. was. Yeah, we're going to be talking to Emma in Bolton. We'll bolt off to Bolton very shortly, but we do First have to we're do our exercises. Bolt off
3: to do some exercises. We, yes,
2: we bolt off to our exercise machines mm-hmm. here.
3: All right. So the reason we're doing exercises in between our collars is because we want to feel good and healthy and and limber to be out there shoveling snow later today. We take Sierracil. It is an effective natural supplement that's clinically proven to support joint health and mobility. And both Frank and I can attest to that because we have found it to be effective to keep us. On the golf course. Kick loose box, and limber. And loose and limber. I can hardly
2: keep standing, as a of fact, I, So <laughs> you loo- just loose and limber. Get,
3: get on to <laughs> those uh, exercises. In the meantime, if you would like to try Sierra Sil, it is available at many of your local health food stores. The Postmaster IDA Pharmacy actually carries it in Oakville, as does Heart Lake IDA Drugs uh, in Brampton. So both of those are good locations to pick it up, or check the website, SierraSil.ca. One eight seven seven joint 14
1: You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here saying hi to Emma in Bolton. What's going on in Bolton, Emma? Yes,
4: good morning. Good morning. I've been uh, overwintering my fuchsias uh, a couple of years now, and they do beautifully. Now this year, uh, they're really spindly, like the suckers are coming up I don't know if it's too early, but there's a lot of them. Will I have to trim those down? or
3: Is it a, a little fuchsia tree, or is it a, a... Yeah, they're trees, yeah. Ah, nice. So little suckers... Like,
4: they were really beautiful last year.
3: And the little suckers are coming from the root, from the base?
4: Yeah, from the base. I have them in my husband's cool wine cellar, but they're still
3: starting to grow. Okay. I would remove those suckers any time you see them. Oh, really? Because you don't want them there ultimately. Ultimately, uh, you want to go back to that tree form with a single stem and all the branches are up at the oh top. Oh, no, no, I don't want a tree. I want them bushy. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so if you want... No, so that's fine. If you want them I didn't bushy... I did the suckers last year, and they did okay, but this
4: year they're extra, extra tall. So I don't know if it's been too warm or, like, you know.
3: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Even the fuchsia know that it's been a wacky winter. Yeah. And they, they could have stayed outside up until this point. Uh,
4: so should I trim those I would before trim I them put them on my windows?
3: Or is def- it... it
4: early to put them on my windows
3: now. Uh, You could probably get them out to the windows now, and I would cut them down to half-size, all the suckers. Any of the growth that looks a little uneven or unbalanced, Mm -hmm. don't hesitate to cut back right down to half-size. All right. Okay, and a little fertilizer. A little fertilizer, all right. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining
2: the show, Emma. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. uh, The Garden Show from am Seven Forty Zoomer Radio. Where are we zooming off to now? Oh hey, Kitchener. we're going back to Kitchener to say hi to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Welcome to the show.
10: Good morning. It's it's just so much fun listening to you all the time. <laughs> um I I kill every House plant that people give me. From Is your over- name
0: Frank? Yeah, because <laughs> yes, I do from the same thing. Overwatering <laughs> them,
3: actually.
10: Oh, too and much I, love. I people wouldn't, and it's always my family, and they should know better. Um, <laughs> but I, I had been able to keep an anthurium alive for a whole year, and I'm sure it's just by
3: luck. But no, but they love water. That, that's a good that's plant right. for you. That's
10: right. That's I, right. I water them once a week, and so far, so good. But <laughs> that's, thats true. That's what um, I read on the on the little tag. But. Um, and people, you know, I, I'm getting orchids and things like that, mm. and I don't have any luck with them, even though I put the three ice cubes on once a week, and, and it still died on me. Mm. But um, what is there that, other than the anthurium, what is there that really does like water?
3: Okay, here's a couple of suggestions. Uh, you know the one called Lucky Bamboo? Okay. And Lucky Bamboo is actually a dracaena, but it's in a vase of water, usually. A, with a some, bunch of stones at yeah, the bottom. Yeah, gravel oh, yes, in the bottom. Great plant. You can't overwater that one. But but what you can do every now and then is dump out the water and give it fresh water, uh, but not straight out of the tap, obviously. Nice room temperature water. So the Lucky Bamboo is a good one. Uh, In terms of somebody who really likes to water, you know what's a lovely house plant that never wants to dry out is azalea. So, if it, with Valentine's coming or Mother's Day, people want to give you flowering plants. Tell them to concentrate on plants like azalea or gardenia. Those are two good flowering plants that love to be kept moist. Okay, can't really overwater either of them.
10: Okay, <laughs> that that's good because I, I, you know, I I will tell them for mm-hmm. the next plant. Please make it. This and this and this. (laughs) Yeah,
3: and if you have, like, um, um, this is assuming you have a bright area that you you could go with azaleas and gardenias. I do have. If your house, if you have a dark area, another plant that likes a fair amount of water or is very forgiving of watering is the peace lily. Big green leaves and the white spath flowers. Okay. uh, And you can't really overwater them either.
10: (laughs) Well, I had a, a black one of those given to me a couple of years ago, a black lily and um but it got um aphids or something on oh, it.
3: Yeah. Okay, but what was black? The flower? No.
10: Yes, it was. Wow. It was. It was black. It was a black lily. Wow. Unbelievable. It was from uh, um a garden Sheridan's, you know, yeah, in special, you know, okay. in Kitchener. Huh. But uh so um but they didn't tell me enough, <laughs> enough to keep it alive. That's right.
3: Read those tags. I will, I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's Thanks. Good so luck much. with that, Marie.
2: Bye okay. bye Bye-bye for now. Okay. Lori is on the line waiting patiently there from Mississauga. Good morning, Lori.
11: Yes. I, I would like to know. Um, last week I missed out on your, um, uh, your show because I, I wasn't able to listen to it. But. I was wondering, uh, you were supposed to mention about the Granny's Bloomers, <laughs> but I missed out on it. I was wondering if you could uh, give me the phone number, address, or whatever.
3: Okay, so um, what I ended up discovering last week was that I, Granny's Bloomers doesn't seem to be something that's really out there much in the stores anymore.
11: Uh, no, I I looked at I went from... Uh, Barry to uh, Burlington and have yet been able to find it and everyone that uh, every nursery that have been mm-hmm. um they told me that they, um, they, they don't, never heard of it even
3: oh really yeah.
11: even uh, Sheridan Nursery they said well they um, don't carry that anymore
3: That's right. I think that um, perhaps it's gone off the market. We did get one call from somebody named Lynn in Crystal Beach, and she had a big monster jug of it and has managed to keep it for a number of years and and really loves it. But we did get a call from Fred in Bowmanville last week, and he uses Schultz African Violet food and has very good success.
11: Oh, I've tried that. And uh, Granny's Bloomers, uh, actually, I had the biggest... Um, uh, plants, and I've got lots of African violets, I'm going to have at least 75 of them. Wow. And um, the leaves, I'm not kidding you, they must have been about uh, three to four inches around. Wow. wow. The, the, Those the are... The plant was, oh, at least 16 inches uh, across, you know? Yeah. And I had got real uh, big blossom with them with that same fertilizer Mm -hmm. so uh, with the uh, with all that Hmm. I've been trying over and over I even went to the states and I got this one fertilizer here it's called um, I'll spell it to you it's D-Y-N-A-G-R-O a a bloom liquid bloom
3: and you don't find that that one works nearly Uh, as well I haven't been
11: um, using it That that long, actually. It's only been a month, uh, a couple
3: of months, actually. All right. Well, um, a couple of things then. One is the African Violet Society... Uh, is a great source of information and they do meet and they do compete with each other with their African violets and you sound like somebody who could do that with all your violets and I think we're just going to have to start a petition and go get the Granny's bloomers back on the market really <laughs> at the end of the day. We've got so many people who yeah, love she's it. She's
2: caught me in the lingerie department yeah. several times looking for them and I, <laughs> Frank, I haven't found them yet.
3: Frank's definitely been looking. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, well we'll stay on that. Maybe we'll have some callers who have some suggestions on places to get it. But in the meantime, keep working with what you've got. And remember, African violets do need to be fed consistently, preferably constantly, year-round to keep them blooming.
2: I've African violets for about 40 years now. Oh, golly. I'm sorry, Laura. we've got to kind of thanks, run here. We're, we're running out of time. Have to get... A, the boys from the garage, Dave's Corner Garage, <laughs> have arrived and they're waiting with bated breath. Revving
3: their engines. Yes.
2: Eating a worm, bated breath. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, and Sandy uh, and Gravenhurst, give us a call next week a little earlier and we'll get you on the show, okay? Yes, uh, indeed. Thanks very much to all our callers. It's been uh, yeah. really a fun show
3: today. And we've gone all over the province again yeah, and yeah. down into New York State. So everybody, um, yeah, stay stay warm and uh, get out those snow shovels and stay limber.
2: Oh, stay limber, and, absolutely.
3: And you have a show later today. You'll I be back. will
2: be back at 11 o'clock. And a big, uh, as I see my screen here, uh, Hank from Niagara Falls. Big shout out to Hank, an old buddy of mine listening in right now. You have buddies everywhere. I know. And I owe them all money. So that's why I don't tell them how to get a hold that's of
3: me. That's right. That's how yeah. they, why they keep
2: track of you. <laughs> Thanks, David Gaskin, our producer. Super job once again, again my friends. Yes.
3: Thank you, David. And thank you, sous chef Franklin. Proctor. Well,
2: the undergardener says thank you. Yeah, you
3: mm. are the best. And I will see you all again next
0: week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio.